listener production. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That's Enough Already. This week, I am joined by the one, the only, Fortune Feimster. She is currently an action hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, who grew up during any time of your, any life and didn't think you wanted to do any work with Arnold? Here's Bach, and so is she. Uh, she's touring Australia. She's touring New Zealand. You can go to fortunefeimster.com to find out all of the details and get the tickets there. New Zealand, go and see her. Australia, go and see her. Get the tickets. Do not get it through via GoGo. Go follow her on socials. She is absolutely tearfully funny. She's amazing. In this podcast, you're going to find out how we met. It was a special, special moment. Enjoy. That's quite enough. Just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. It shush, please. Yes, I can hear. But I don't care. That's enough already. I saw that thing of you doing Arnold Schwarzenegger yesterday. I'm terrible at accents, as you can see from that <laughs> video. <laughs> that was really good, actually. I mean, it is a hard, but it's sort of one of those that everyone tries to copy Arnold. Yeah. Because he has such iconic quotes through the years, through his movies. Get to the chopper. After la vista, baby. <laughs> no one can quite do it no. as good as... Him, but they we all try. It's really good though. I like I can't do it. Hasta la vista, baby. I can't do it. Hasta la vista. But it's not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that just blows me away is uh, maybe it's just American politics in general. The fact that he was governor of LA, yeah, or California for so long. I was like, what? He was, yeah, it's in w- charge of it's people. Wild. Yeah, I know, and he loved it. He still kind of like lives his life. Like a governor. He's got a chief of staff. He is always going to these like events. He's shaking hands and kissing babies. He loves that that world. It's better than shaking babies and kissing hands, but that would be not as good. Especially for him. (laughs) I think you know you've been shaking if he shakes you. He's a muscular man, even at his age. Yeah, how old is he? He's like 70, isn't he? Yeah, early 70s, I think. Still still kicking butt. He's starring in this giant action comedy series. Yeah, and you're in it. I don't know how he did it. You're an absolute fucking superstar. Before we start, can you remember how you and I met? (laughs) We, I I know when I first saw you was at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, you, I don't know, did we officially meet then or? No, we met later in Montreal. Later in the bathroom. Yeah, in the bathroom, in the toilet. (laughs) In Montreal. We were in the bathroom. Because I know you were in Melbourne for the comedy festival. And then, um, yeah. Because didn't you do the American lineup, right? And at the Melbourne comedy festival. Yeah. um, Two weeks of the American part. Yeah. And then, Um, but we went to Montreal. And uh, mm. I was, we were in a restaurant and you were coming out of the toilet as I was going out in. And then we met (laughs) officially in the toilet, just you and I. That's um, right. We would have high-fived if I, but I hadn't washed my hands yet. Yeah, yeah. But so we kiss on the mouth, <laughs> which is completely normal. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? But I do want to tell you, I got food poisoning at that restaurant. No way. Yeah, my really? manager and I both got food poisoning. I, we were so sick. She phoned me because uh, that next day I recorded the yeah. Comedians of the World 
30 minute special uh, for Netflix. And I um, I was so sick. They couldn't do the photo shoot because they put the makeup on and I would just cold sweat it right off. Whoa. They had to postpone my, my photo shoot a day to the actual day of the recording. Yeah. Because uh, it was so wild. So, Even my manager, we were both just vomiting. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, Fortune, yeah. shitting in the shower. I, it was. <laughs> It was like a Melissa McCarthy movie in there. It was Bridesmaid <laughs> movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Do you remember what you what you guys ate? Or that's been so long. Yeah, salmon and quinoa. It's like it's like when you get sick of tequila and then you can never have tequila yeah. again. It was that. You never forget. No. Well, I guess I, I was not in any danger because I probably ordered something fried. Yeah. See, I I should have and, and that's what I said to her. I go, it's because we were trying too hard to be good. You know, it's I like know. it's like you eat whatever you want, and then the day before your wedding or the week of your wedding, you're like, "Fuck, I better sharpen up this diet so I can fit into something." And the photos don't look horrific. And so, because the Netflix special, I was like, "No, let's eat something healthy for the first time <laughs> in six months." And then, big mistake, food poisoning. Yeah, huge, huge mistake. So I love that you're like on a mission, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm a big fan." <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm a huge because I used to watch you on um, Chelsea. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, no. I used to watch you on Tally all the time. I'm like, oh my god, because I'd stay up after gigs. I'd come back, and then mm-hmm. her show um, was on. Um, Chelsea lately for the people playing the home game was on um, and you'd be a contributor to that and I would always watch it and I thought fuck you're funny I just loved you and then when I saw Aww. you in Melbourne I went to see the lineup show too yeah so I was so and then I actually saw you the night before I sound like stalker now um, <laughs> I saw you and Jax the night before at the uh-huh. mix and mingle at the opening of yeah. the Montreal Festival and I was, I was just sitting there with my manager and she was trying to mingle I'm terrible at mingling um, we're not great at mingling either. Oh, I hate it so much. The year before I it's had to, hard. I went alone because she was pregnant and she goes, just mingle, make sure you talk to people. I'm like, well, that's not going to fucking happen. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I did my gala and I went back to my room and ordered room service. Oh my God. It's hard. Those, those events are so social. And if you don't know people, like that's how I felt at the Melbourne Comedy Festival because everybody knew each other. Yeah. And I didn't know anyone but the other comics, the other American comics, because I had not done many international shows at the time. So we, Jackson and I were in the corner at every event in in Melbourne, yeah. just kind of staring at everybody, like to- totally out of place. Yeah. So we went and saw your show, and it was so funny. Jackson and I were dying. Oh. So when I saw you in the bathroom, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you were the best. Yeah. So it was a, a, a lovely meeting, though. I, I'm sorry it was under such circumstances for you. Yeah. Although then I was still fine. I was still fine then. It was after I couldn't, I ran upstairs. I said to my manager, you're not going to believe what I just met in the bathroom. I was just like, no, did you make a tit of yourself? That was her first question. Did you make a tit of yourself? I'm like, no, I didn't fucking make a tit of myself. I was being very. No, you were perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was really cool. Does it scare you as a. Um, as a lesbian to live in America, well, I mean, if you live, I guess it depends on where you live, but just the the stuff that's going on in America, right. it freaks me out. Yeah, it's definitely been weird that it's been being targeted again. I felt like we made such strides, you know, to um, get to a better place with acceptance. And then now it's kind of shifting again. And it definitely is unsettling, you know, as a, as a gay person who 
um, travels all over the country. I, I travel all over the U.S. doing shows. You definitely think about it more and are, you know, aware of your surroundings a little bit more um, that, you know, I thought we had moved past, but yeah. we haven't. So hopefully this is a little dip and that we can get over this hump and get back to just people letting each other be yeah. who they are. Yeah, just chill. Live your life. People. Do your thing. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever toured through Africa? I haven't. No. Yeah, well, they too. Like, uh, I'm not saying don't be yourself, but definitely some areas don't be yourself. Right. You know, just yeah. pretend your wife's your sister and you guys are real close. We're just roommates. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. I, Put my wedding ring on my other hand. Yeah, no, no, just your husband's at home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you do everything, like stand up, um, you know, movies and mm-hmm. show, you know, everything. What would be your favourite? Out of all of those things? Um, I mean, I'm definitely 50-50 as far as acting and stand-up. I have other cool things. I, I'm a part of a radio show out here. Um, I do a lot of writing, things like that that I really love. But if I were to pick, it always is going to involve performance. I love being on stage and I love acting. So I'm glad I have these two avenues because... As a, an actor, obviously I'm not right for every part. Yeah. I look very specific. I sound very specific. Um, and so, you know, if I had to rely on acting for my livelihood, the gigs would be few and far between. This latest project um, I'm in is a whole other aspect of acting. It's called FUBAR, um, and it was this wild action comedy series where I never thought in a million years I'd be an action performer, you know? You're so good in it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Every time, because I just let the TV run in the background like a 1950s housewife, and um, (laughs) every time I tell it, like... They run the ads for it. They run all the little funny oh, really? clips for it. And the whole time, mm-hmm. I feel like your voice has been in my head for the last two weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's great. It's like, and that, they back these shows, which is great, you know, like they really push yeah. it. But what's nice is, you know, I'm starring alongside one of the biggest movie stars in the world, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So... That's been nice because he's so beloved internationally that uh, Netflix has really, like you said, put a lot into it as far as promoting it, commercials. He's posting about it, and and it makes a difference. The show's been in the top ten. It was number one all over the world for 11 days, and now it's number two right now, which is still huge, I mean, considering it's worldwide. So, uh, yeah, it's really nice to... To, to have that backing because, you know, we worked so hard on the show. We filmed for five months in Canada, um, out there in Toronto, and, you know, 15-hour days shooting till 6 in the morning. Um, I don't think I've ever worked harder on a show. Uh, but the end result was this really fun, crazy, over-the-top, silly show with this wild action. It kind of reminded me of one of those... 90s movies yeah. you like so much yeah. in that in that kind of spy world. Yeah, it, it is a hell of a lot of fun. Hey, let me ask you, what is the worst thing that has ever happened to you, not necessarily on this set, but could have been on this set, either on set or stage? Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a nightmare story. 
Yeah. What is your nightmare story? Well, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. I'll have to think about the acting one if I've had a crazy story. My, my worst stand-up show was early on in my career. I didn't have many that I'd done so far, so I didn't have a ton of experience. But this place reached out from Virginia, and they were like, you know, we want to hire you to headline uh, this big charity night. Um, and, you know, we'll pay you but and we'll raise money and it'll be great. It's going to be like a sit down dinner. And it sounded really great. And for someone who'd not really headline very much, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Uh, you know, yeah, let's do it. So, uh, you know, it's like a week before the show and we're not getting much information. And I'm kind of like, where am I going? You know, where am I performing? And they didn't even have a, a venue to oh, tell me, wh- you know, where to show up. And they go, oh, the guy that hired you got fired. And so now I'm in charge of it. So I'm figuring it out. And I go, okay. I show up. It's a biker bar. All these like macho guys that ride motorcycles, tattoos everywhere. Not my crowd. Like, listen, I love bikers, but (laughs) I don't think I'm their cup of tea. You know what I mean? No. Um, And the what was to be a sit down dinner was a tiny little like Chinese buffet, and the stage was a um, crate. It was just a crate. It wasn't even a real stage. And the light was, you know, those um in a construction zone, the clamp workman's light, the lights that you clamp. Yeah, it's workman's light. Yeah, one of those. They're so hot they melt your retinas as you go. (laughs) And the mic was a karaoke mic with a you know a traveling speaker. Yeah. And not even a good one. So they had an opener who, who was supposed to do 20 minutes. He lasted two minutes. He got off the stage, grabbed his check from the guy and left. And I was left to fill 50 minutes now by myself. And I'm a brand new, like I'm a, only a couple years in the stand-up. And I, you know, at the time I'm telling like gay jokes. I'm telling like... My coming out story to these dudes who do not want this material. By some miracle, finished my set. You know, it did not go well. No standing ovation. It's silent. It's silence. No, just total silence. I get my check. We leave. And my mom is driving me to the hotel just going, are you sure this is what you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So... Those kind of stories humble you very quickly. I weirdly have a gang pad. I got booked to do a gig in a gang pad, an actual gang pad. Whoa. Um, these guys in a gang booked me. Yeah. And I didn't know this woman phoned and she's like, oh, we've got this club. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah. She goes, and we do a, a annual gig where we fundraise um, and it's for children's charity. And it all sounded like amazing. I'm like, yes, of course. Like, And she goes, how would yeah. you? I go, well, I do one free gig a month back back then um, for charity. And she's like, oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah. So when I booked the whole thing in, I rock up there and it's sort of in this industrial area and it was the same. I'm driving. I'm like, where the fuck am I going? Yeah. And, and I get to the, and it's just like this, and I see all the bikes and I'm like, oh, this must be like, you know, when they put the teddy bears on the bikes and they ride for the kids, you know, for children's hospital. <laughs> yeah. Like totally fucking naive. And I walk in and it's like there's a balcony in this bar and it's literally... They, they've even got a big open fire pit. Well, they burn the evidence. Yeah, but they just, yeah. <laughs> There's bikes inside. Like they've, they've hired, obviously they're renting or own this building. You could tell there's no 
there's no license to run this bar. And they've got a balcony where the officers would be in a normal, and they go, you can go stand up there and do your comedy. I go, is there no stage? She goes, no, that's like they're all going to see you up there. Yeah. Oh, like, like up there above everybody. Yeah. Like honestly about 10 metres oh away gosh. from them. So then I have to yeah. scream at them because there's no mic or anything. Because the same, they were sort of just kept talking like I was a band playing in the corner. It was really, really <laughs> difficult. Oh, no. I just, and the same, I was rolling with lesbian stuff and trying to get pregnant yeah. and all this shit. And, you know, getting a Labrador. And then I go downstairs and I'm like, what the fuck just happened to me? Like nothing. I, I was just, yeah, you know. And I go downstairs and this guy's like, that wasn't very good. And I said, oh, he goes, <laughs> He goes, I don't know what we're paying you. I go, you're not. You yeah. got this for free. I came out here for free. And um, mm-hmm. he's like, well, you're going to have to hang out with us for the night to to make up for that terrible performance. I'm like, oh, I'm not fucking doing to that. To make up for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're, like, wasn't that, you're like, wasn't that enough? Yeah. So I, I did very <laughs> similar to the, the text. This is kind of my signature move. I go, let me go grab a drink. And I just went... Past the bar, out the door, on my car, and off I went. And I stayed with my in-laws that night. I went, oh, my God, I think they were trying to kidnap me. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. But that's a great way to get a comic. If you if you want to capture a comic, this is how you do it. Uh, just book a gig. Say it's for charity. Say it's for charity. Make it sound <laughs> legit. And then we'll just fucking show up. This is how it works. We were asking me about being in the States and being gay. How is it over there? Look, I mean, it's so gay-friendly, it's almost embarrassing. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, all right, guys, can we get a bit of hatred? Just a little bit. We want to sort of feel. Like, I also want a trauma story. I don't have a trauma story coming out. My family was gay-friendly. I mean, uh, I was late in coming out, 26. You came out late too, yeah, same. Twenty. I was like twenty five, almost twenty six. Yeah, but I always think that is sort of the the vintage. I think now kids are coming out younger mm-hmm. because there's a lot more acceptance in the communities in yeah. general. Whereas I think mm-hmm. you know if you're sort of our vintage, um, well, I'm a bit older than you, but still sort of that vintage where you go, we just came out later. It's like you wanted to make sure. You know, yeah. where everyone, are not sure about your sexuality, but sure that everyone around mm-hmm. you would be okay with it kind of thing. Yeah, I think I had to move away from, you know, my area it being a very conservative place. And I and I just had to see, I didn't, I didn't even know, like, gay people. Yeah. I know that seems crazy now. I, I know now they were, in, some of those people were in the closet like yeah. I was. Like I yeah. would say, even in Texas... That first week or so that I was there, because I spent some time in New York first and then went to Texas, but I kind of felt um, I couldn't put my finger on it and then I realised I wasn't stressed about anything. Mm. And I think mm-hmm. then I did, I, I came out as bi when I was um, in college in San Antonio yeah. and then that later just went, oh, maybe I'm just a lesbian and now I'm like, but I'm, I'm one of those, whatever whatever I read, I am, lesbian. you know, lesbatarian. Whatever I lesbian. read, I, I am, you know, it's like yeah. every new letter <laughs> we get in the alphabet, I'm like, maybe I'm pansexual because I find everyone fucking attractive. <laughs> maybe I'm just lonely. <laughs> you just want to start smooching on people. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like that Maybelline and <laughs> maybe it's lesbianism. Maybe it's pansexuality. Maybe it's just loneliness. Who knows? <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe that bitch is. I need someone to touch me. <laughs> yeah. Anyone, anyone at all. <laughs> oh my god! I literally just flipped my brother and sister a text and say, "Hey, by the way, I just told mom I'm gay," and they both rang and they go, "Yeah, fucking duh." <laughs> yeah, same same with my brothers. <laughs> and you go, well, you've known this whole time. Why didn't you tell yeah. me? I guess in a way I told my brother first because him and I were sitting at this theme park and we were having lunch. And this is about a month before I told my mom. I'd already told Christian mm-hmm. at this point. And this woman walked past and she, well, she was not ugly. Let me say, I was, I was straight up telling you. Okay. She was, she was a, quite pleasing. <laughs> To the eye, aesthetically yeah. quite pleasing. And she walked past and my brother just kind of, you know, as he was talking to me, his eyes just followed her for a moment and then he looked back. So yeah. I looked over at my shoulder at her and I just looked back at him and he just went with his eyes, he went, hmm, like that, like very good. And I went, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so then I gave him the exact same eyes and he went, oh, really? Yeah. And I went, yes. And that's it. That was our entire discussion. That's it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, he knows. <laughs> Men are simple in that way. Yeah. They're like, huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. There you go. See, now that's all we had to do at those fucking biker bars as material. Just go up. That's and right. Just point to your tits and go, hmm? Hmm? Yeah. And that should have been the whole Very thing. Good. But no, we didn't. <laughs> oh, now we yeah. know. Now we would do it differently. Oh, fuck yeah. Now, I, I almost want to go back. Don't you want to go back to the gigs where you really suck and you go, I want you to come back and sit down. I've got I've got a new one for you. Yeah. You're going to love this. You're That's gonna, right. Yeah. I know how to fix it now. That's right. Well, yeah, I remember I got hired once for a girl's birthday party and she was paying me $50, which at the time was uh, electricity, big money. Yeah. And... Uh, it, it was in a lesbian bar where there was a stripper pole in the middle of the room. So people's view of me was blocked by the stripper pole. Um, and I bombed, did terrible. And she was almost angry to pay me the $50 at the end of the show. <laughs> I'm like, just give me the $50 because I'm not feeling great about myself. <laughs> well, I, I need that for ice cream. Just give me the money. <laughs> yes. And I've got to go eat my feelings now. Thank yeah. you. Give me the fucking money now. <laughs> she was so mad. Like, mm, here you go. We should, I'm like, that's a deal now. You should get people to pay up front, really. You go, I'm probably going to suck at this gig. <laughs> Can you give me the money? <laughs> who, who would be the most famous person that you've ever met or that's in your phone? That's in my phone. Hmm. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Garner. I don't know. Two Jennifers. I would say Arnold, but he doesn't have a phone. Doesn't he? He he has a uh, an iPad and he'll FaceTime people occasionally, but he doesn't want to text. He doesn't want to talk. So good. Don't you want a, right? There's a comic in in Australia who doesn't have a phone. Not even an old flip phone. He's got a home line. Really. And you can get him on his home line. It's so weird. It's like, oh man, how do you work? Like, I think I heard it. It could be super famous by now. Yeah. I guess if you're that famous, you just have people around you all the time that communicate for you. I think but he's I not. heard Ed Sheeran doesn't have a phone. Yeah, but he gave it up because of socials. The, honestly, the amount of times I've wanted to do that. Yeah. But then I'm also yeah. nosy. I'm real nosy. I love to know what people are up to. Who's the most famous person in your phone? It's hard to tell. Uh, Lucy Lawless. Oh yeah, I've got her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I've also got some politicians. You know, because now politicians are real famous now. Yeah. yeah. Jacinda, yeah. you calling you calling yeah. her? She seems cool. Yeah, she's very cool. She's so chill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you Lucy Lawless. I don't have any poli- I don't have any politicians. Well, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> you should branch out. Like <laughs> in America it's dicey. You know, you know, you know, I got Trump. You're better off. Oh, weirdly. Lesbians for Trump. <laughs> you're better <laughs> off. <laughs> Can I just say? Um if you do come over, you want to bring the dog, don't bring Biggie over. Don't don't do the no. Johnny Depp thing. Because Australia is not into I it. I don't. I'm not going to do that. They will not like that. I've heard. I've heard those stories. So, we have uh, someone that's going to stay here with our our cute Pomeranian Biggie. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I wish I could. Like bring I've him. got a dog, and you know, we, it's like when you have a kid and other your friends have kids, and you go, adorable, but you go, not as cute <laughs> as my kid. But I think your dog right. is literally the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen. On the planet. Oh, like I, I have to close I the door. I won't it. say that in front of my dog, but your dog is cuter than my dog. <laughs> yeah, don't let your dog no, hear no, that. No, no, no. But my um, dog can eat your dog. He, oh, you have a big no, no, one? No, no, just a Labrador. But they literally will eat oh. anything. <laughs> so Biggie better move a lot. <laughs> and Biggie, Biggie's about eight pounds. I don't know what that is because you guys are. What's that, um, less than four kgs? Yeah, he, but he thinks he's big. Oh. He he goes through the world barking at big dogs like, yeah, you try to mess with me. But he's usually behind a fence yeah. when he's doing yeah, that. Or in someone's arms. He has that protection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not saying you set him up for it, but you set him up for it with that name. Like if you had, if you had called him Evie Biggie. for average size, you know, <laughs> maybe he wouldn't have that big attitude. Come, Evie. Yeah, <laughs> I did make his self-esteem yeah. a lot bigger. Yeah, I mean, no one that calls hey. their daughter Crystal or, you know, I don't know, what's a good stripper name? No one no one that calls <laughs> their daughter that and then when she becomes a stripper, you're like, we never saw it coming. Yeah. The rest of us did. You know? All of us did. It's all yeah. that name. I always say <laughs> it's so hard when you name a kid to find a name that you don't know someone already that you hate, but also to find a name to go, Will that be good on a stripper pole? Or, you know. That's true. You have to think about these things. I always think, is that the name of a leader? That's true because it it can come with a lot. Like, uh, so Fortune's my, technically my middle name and it's what I go by. But my first name is Emily and um, Fortune was my great grandmother's maiden name. And my grandmother really, really wanted my mom to name me Fortune. Um, but my mom said... Uh, that fortune was too big of a name and that I would have to be Miss America to live up to a name like that. And so she went, I was like, how dare you not think that I could be Miss America? And uh, Do you want world peace? (laughs) I sure do. And I love long walks on the beach. There we go. You're already halfway there. (laughs) 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 So eventually I found that story out and I go, I'm going to show you. I'm going to go by fortune now. I grew up as Dalian, which is an Afrikaans name. And then as an adult switched over to my middle name, Ursula, because... Oh, yeah, okay. because people struggle to say it, and I was sick of spelling it. But then my middle name is also really difficult, like because it's not as straightforward. Just Ursula, it's like a. Do they say Ursula? I assume they say Ursula, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people get yeah. like so. It really people go. I've been calling you Ursula. Is it Ursula? And I go. I honestly can't hear the difference. 
<laughs> you're like you're in the vicinity. Well, close that works. Enough. I'm not. I don't care. <laughs> as long as as long as you book me for shit, I don't. I don't care. I'm there anyway. That's right. But listen, let me um, let me ask you this. What is the um, the one thing about other people that shit you to death that irritates you? Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think. I'm not, I'm like, so I'm such a laid back person. There's not a lot of stuff that bugs me. So I'm a weird person to ask because I'm always like, huh. My wife will be like, do you notice how that, that they did that thing or this thing? Or she's like a big germaphobe. Yeah. Um, so I'm usually the one that is sh- shitting her to death. Wait, was that what? <laughs> <laughs> She'd love that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm her person. Um, <laughs> me not picking up after myself uh, is that I I don't like pranks. I know that's not like an everyday well, thing, but some people like love to prank yeah. people. I am not being into that. I've been in a couple work environments where there was like some people that wanted to do that all the time, and I was constantly like rolling my eyes, like really, yeah, come on. And you would think as a comedian, I would be into pranking, but. It's just not my thing. No, I hate it too. I also hate surprises. I'm like, just let's not do that. Let's just tell each other <laughs> everything and, and never frighten me. Don't jump out of a bin because chances of me knocking it out is really high. It's pretty big, yeah. I mean, I don't flee. I'm not going to run away, so I have to fight. That flight of fight, <laughs> I'm going to fight. I'm not- <laughs> you and I aren't runners. We're, we'll just swing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I guess chomping on, uh, chomping on gum, like that's irritating. You know, when people are you're talking to them, and like especially on the phone, they're like, "Yeah, I don't like that." Yeah, eating like a pig in general is not for me. Okay, what's the one thing about you that shits you to tears? <laughs> um, I'm a little indecisive. I have it. I'm like a bit of a people pleaser, oh, yeah. so I'm I'm very much like, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Instead of just being like, let's, I want to go here. I want to do this. You know, I wish I were a bit more like I'm decisive with my career. Yeah. I'm very much like, this is what I want. This is where I want to go. I wish I was like that in my personal life. I'm a little too like flailing yeah. with the wind. Um, that I'm sure I irritate some of my friends to be like, just pick a place. But now that you have a wife, that takes some of the mm-hmm. load off, doesn't it? Because she can just go, this is what we're doing. Yeah, she and I are both like to like earlier. I was like, what are we doing for dinner? And I was like, I don't know. What do you want? And what do you want? What do you want? We, we're we bad about that, like going back and forth. When in doubt, always nachos. There you yeah. go. That's what I see with the kids too. When I, I, I'll say to my kids, what do you guys want for dinner? I, think, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Fuck, I was asking you because I don't know either. I was hoping you'd say mac and cheese. But then yeah. <laughs> I, I know now their default because it's always a winner. Nachos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're tasty. I mean, it's everything. It's crispy. Yeah. It's comforting. You know, the, what, whatever you choose Savory. to put in it, it's, it's the comfort part of that. It's got cheese. It's got, mm-hmm. it's everything. Got a little spice if you like jalapenos. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. doesn't? Yeah, it's yeah. got everything. You're, see, you're on to something. Yeah. Just choose nachos. Yeah, there you go. So decision made. All right. Yeah. See, we need you in our life. I, you can always just flick me a text and go, we can't decide what's tonight. <laughs> and I go, all right, That's tonight's right. brisket night. <laughs> brisket and biscuit. <laughs> 
Brisket and biscuit. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, it was such a treat. I'm so glad we got to, to chat. It's been a minute. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. The supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Big Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, girls. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend.